1: Galway and water for me, for the very first time in an All Ireland senior hurling final at Crow Park on Sunday. I'm Peter McNamara and over the next 50 minutes or so here on our Irish Examiner Paper Talk Special Preview Podcast, I'll be getting the opinions of Stephen Barry here in the studio. And from our special guests on the line, we have Owen Cormican, Dahi Regan, Shawnee McGrath, as well as Examiner writers, P.M. O'Sullivan and the McAvoy. Owen, it's brilliant to have you on the line. Um, you're up in Galway at the moment. Residing in the home territory, let's get that out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's the buzz like above there? Uh,
2: very good, um, very good. Peter Ashley, i call calling to, to Oranmore on the way home from Cork. Um, the plan was to do a club feature on Oranmore, just given everything that happened over the last couple of weeks with Tony Keedy, and then having two players involved in Sunday Girl, MacInerney and Niall Burke. The place was just littered um with maroon and white. It looks fine. Really, really good vibe around the place. And as I was driving into home from where I saw the go with AFM Roadcaster. So turned on the radio and they were doing a live special um, from Ormore, And I just presumed it would be in one of the pubs. And half an hour later, I'd walked through every pub and hotel in Oranmore and still couldn't find them. So I said, Do you know what? There'd hardly ever been in Supermax. So walked down to back into the town and she was absolutely jammed and there was scholar Bay in the corner doing their live broadcast. And, and I just people flowing out onto the street. Really, really good excitement now um, around the morning That's probably a microcosm for for the entire county but there's just a lot of excitement. And excitement probably stems from the fact that you know we're not facing TIP or we're not facing Kilkenny, or we're not facing Cork. So there's, there's real expectation around these parts now for, for the week have been it
1: has it sounds like um, I wouldn't say a circus no obviously that's not fair but it does sound like it might be a bit excessive is it? is it are you getting kind of wrapped up in it a bit too much no no, I,
0: <laughs> no
2: I think, this is where I play it down it's very much keeping um with 12 and 15 but just as I said you know the chat on this occasion um, is that now or never in chat you know the fact that they said that you know Kenny Cork tip been beaten us in the last six All Ireland finals that we've included in none of them are there. So the, the excitement is on par with what it was a couple of years ago in fifteen and twelve, but just the talk is, is now or never that you might not get a, a better chance. So I just wouldn't say it's expensive, but that's just the way the discussion is going and that's why the excitement is here on this occasion. Not so much we're back in an All Ireland final, but you know, we have a real chance because, you know, we're not facing one of the traditions. Right. Yeah,
1: so the ban- banter aside Stephen Owen's touched on the element of dealing with the hype of you know Mihal Donoghue and Derek McGrath obviously they're going to be acutely conscious of that all week
3: hmm.
1: how best do you think can you counter something like that as a manager
3: I suppose you have to embrace it in a, in a way really I mean I suppose it's rare enough that counties make to an all finals so it's there to be enjoyed too but you have to I suppose insulate players from I suppose the reality of people trying to get tickets off to them, of I suppose people dragging them every direction and try to enable them to kind of live a relatively normal life for a few weeks leading up to the final and get their training in and focus on, I suppose, rest and recovery in between. And I can say the players, I mean, it's gone to a level of professionalism at this stage where I'd say they'd be well capable of that and they're, they'd be well wrapped up in just analysing the opposition and I suppose fine-tuning their own game for the big day, I think probably embracing a little bit of the hype and just enjoying the week in it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting one that after the waterford Clark game, we were in the presser with Derek McGrath and he kind of said that, that they really do have to embrace it and find that balance. He mentioned that. Yeah, no, that could be Derek
2: just talking, telling us um, what we want to hear. I think he'll have them well insulated. Now, I know their their press event was was fairly open, but... Um, and I know he himself appeared at a talk head event in one of the hotels of Waterford in the grounds there last week, which you wouldn't normally see from a manager. But um, when you saw the manager, we didn't see any players. You know, they've been fairly well insulated. Um, and while he might be telling us one thing, I think on the other side, he'll be telling the lads to, to keep very much a, a low profile ahead of this one.
1: Just uh, <clears throat> obviously, it's the, the fact that it's Galway's third final in six years. Does that give them a psychological edge in terms of this particular day? You know, the way it's such a standout occasion? Uh,
0: I don't know about
2: psychological edge because I I just don't know what's going on in in the heads of the Waterford players but as for Galway, you know, this is nothing new so that has to be a help for them. Now, I don't know if it's an advantage but, you know, just in their preparation it has to be a help that we've been here, we've done that. Okay, fair enough. You know, the result didn't go their way on only the three occasions they were there since 2012 but it's looking... Um, and players that have played in the Ireland final You know, match their programme against Tip 19 of the 25 Togged have played in at least one all-Ireland final And 13 of the starting 15 have played in at least one of our all-Ireland finals So again, you know, nothing is nothing's going to phase them going up there on Sunday Nothing is going to be new to them So you'd imagine that had to be a help to them Whether it will be a psychological advantage, I don't know That will all depend on how water takes the occasion on Sunday
1: Stephen Owen spoke to David Burke for a piece that was in the Irish Examiner on Tuesday, and Burke mentioned how the midfield battle would be paramount and certainly. What are your thoughts on that comment? Was it unusual for a guy? come out and be so forthright in that regard given that he's playing in that sector I know it's in keeping with his general persona because he's a very straight, straight up guy anyway was mm. for a game like this it, was it? did you find it unusual that he was so straight up or it, or is he the type of guy that clearly thrives on that potential internal pressure
3: yeah I'd say it was kind of himself trying to g himself up for the final because we've seen from his comments earlier in the year about mm. Waterford sweeper how he kind of thinks that a team with a sweeper would struggle to win in all Ireland and I suppose that might be plastered on the dressing walls on Sunday in the Watford uh, dressing room, but I'd say he's just that sort of confident guy, and I mean he's backed up on the pitch in the past, and even talked about the All Irelands these Galway players have been in. I know they haven't won any, but they have. They've been the, they played well in a lot of those games. Like there was a draw with Kilkenny where mm. they were very close against a very good Kilkenny team. Even the twenty fifteen game in the first half, they were close there too or leading at half-time even. So, like, I think there is a confidence in the team that they can do it. I mean, the midfield battle, I don't know, will it be necessarily that crucial? You saw Galway maybe better than midfield by Tipperary, but they, I suppose, had Tipperary locked down in defence for periods of the game and in attack they're well able to score. So you might have, I'd say, in midfield, you'll have, there'll be an element trying to get locked down on the opposition, but to some extent, midfielders are often back covering their back, trying to protect the centre-back, protect the defence, so there might be an element of playing their own game too in that sector. Oh yeah, can, can I just, on that look,
1: it's
2: absolutely spot on. David's been a breath of fresh air this year with regard to interviews and, you know, his handling of the captaincy. Um, doesn't mince his words, you know, tells him that he sees it and has all year with regard to a variety of things. Davey, the sweeper, tip, to Kenya and all of that. Mm. On the midfield battle, um, even though Young didn't win the midfield battle. Again, still got over the line, mightn't win the midfield battle, um, on Sunday and still could very well, um, get over the line. Flip it. I don't think if, if Waterford, in my opinion, if Waterford lose the midfield battle, they'll, they'll lose the All-Ireland. Um, mm. Barron and Moore, um, in, in David Burke's own words, have been the engine for Waterford all year. Mm. 420 from play between them, 2-5 against Cork, um, you know, if they're if they're held, you know, if they're shackled, if they're shadowed on Sunday, um, Waterford will struggle and, and probably wind up going home empty-handed. Again, just my opinion, but I think whereas goal could get over the line without delivering it, midfield, I don't think
1: Waterford will. Yeah, I I do agree hundred percent with that. I do think that the midfield sector is definitely going to be the most influential on Sunday. Uh, just just to move on, just to, for a second, just a brief word on. on people that won't be with us on Sunday um from Galway just want to mention I think it's important to remember Joe McDonough and Tony Keely on this particular occasion because two great gales great hurling men and I'm sure there are people on the Waterford side as well particularly but particularly Joe McDonough and Tony Keely um I'm sure they'll be smiling down on, on, on Crow Park on Sunday afternoon absolutely and I think you know the
2: highest esteem of Tony um was and is held in is reflecting the fact that the players of 87, 88 have come together now this was only done t- decided on Tuesday night and um, to in tomorrow the examiner you know in part of that or more feature they set up with Margaret Keady's blessing a bereavement fund basically for the four Heady children um, you know so that money will be there for Margaret you know to further educate these kids down you know when it comes to that stage because they're all very young like. but that just shows you know how much respect they have for for Tony, that you know, they're still looking out from, you know, maybe 25 years after they all parted ways on the hurling pitch, but they come together, they set up this this fund on, on GoFund.au. I was looking at it last night, and there was three and a half grand already raised in 24 hours, you know, and Pat Malone, Tony's former teammate, was telling me, you know, they've had donations from all over the world, so absolutely looks, you know, there'll be, you know, Tony will be, and everyone thought um, on Sunday, same with Joe McDonough, that, you know, you know, wouldn't we love to see wouldn't go with people.
1: So. <laughs> I like the way you clarify that, yeah. yeah. For
2: a brilliant flip, brilliant flip, you can edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't Galway be beloved if someone took the mic on Sunday a la Joe, what, 37 years ago and put, his own, put their own spin on The West Awake, where Joe had it, Galway is awake, Galway is awake. Um, you know, watch that video and give anyone goosebumps. You don't have to be a Galway supporter. So yeah, two men will be in <laughs> everyone's thoughts on Sunday, absolutely.
1: Stephen, John Milan and Derek McGrath both have referenced, which I found very interesting, and I kind of wrote it about myself this week. Just kind of intimated the importance of victory for the county on Sunday, or even just even just to be involved on Sunday. But if they win, just the socio-economic boost that it would give. Read between the lines. John Milan mentioned that that would be enormous for the county in terms of giving everybody a lift. Giving everyone a pep in their step, and Derek McGrath was uh, mentioning it as well to us. And after the semi-final, it, it is a big, a big thing for both counties. But it was just very interesting. I thought that both, both of those lads
3: uh, mentioned that. Mm, well, I think they could charge in for the event when John Milan rides naked down the keys of Waterford Wayne <laughs> I mean, there's there's enough of a socio-economic boost there for <laughs> to keep the county afloat for a month, I'd say. But I mean, I say it's important for Waterford even just to. Put in a performance, I suppose, on a basic level given that back in 2008 they were gone after 15 minutes and mm. there's such bad memories from that final that ruined the whole occasion for Watford and I suppose killed the buzz that would have been around it, whereas I suppose going into Sunday, maybe they would consider they're probably closer in the odds than they would have been back in 08 and I think they're a lot closer in terms of development as well. They're, they've had a number of years of McGraw working on this system. Like they seem very polished against Cork, even against Wexford. And it's important that they just go out and do themselves justice on the day. And they could come very close to beating Galway if they do that. But I think that's what the focus will be on just getting that level of performance. Owen, oh, okay. If I could interject again, Sally, no, just on that point, and the social economic just
2: well, I saw the talking point for this chat. you know, that one struck me because it was like six, seven weeks so I was just staying at home on Saturday, and Harry McGee from the Irish Times, a superb piece on on Waterford and the general feeling in the city that it had been left behind. And chatting to the head of the Chamber of Commerce, and you know, you said, look, there was just a, a bad feeling in Waterford, and present, you know, towards you know the power makers in this country, and you know the cat Lab and a lot of dairy buildings. He said, look, just you know, it's not great vibes here, President. The feeling that we have been left behind to an extent, and the recovery hasn't started more as of yet.
1: And Derek actually mentioned the cat Lab in that press conference.
2: Yeah, I see and I'm not surprised because that dominates discussion down there. So and you know, I think foreign investors, Chinese or I think they could be um, UAE have, have you know are starting up development of one of the derelict shopping centers there at present. Um, that be I think to be ready in a couple of years time. That's a major boost and yeah, obviously it goes on saying you no know, if you get a win on Sunday that would, you know, he to the a good factor um, that probably might mm-hmm. be needed with am I could be completely reading it wrong but just from reading it and looking at it from the outside that's the impression you get
1: Excellent stuff Owen Can we get a man of a match and a prediction from you?
2: Old oh, man of the match um, I'm not sure there from the goalie side of things you just you know you'd be looking at Joe Canning showing up and Connor Wheaton and he has been doing all year David Burke would go as best performer in the 2015 finds would be probably the only herd that heard in the midfield. There are probably three lads um, you would expect to show up, will show up, and Gold probably will be the man of the match nomination. Um, A verdict? I expect Gold to win. Um, don't necessarily expect them to post. A high tally, but in very simple terms, expect them to post a higher tally than Waterford. Waterford had one eleven on the board after fifty-two minutes against Cork, um, and that was just yeah. before Damien got sent off. You know they were playing fifteen Corkmen had only one eleven posted. If they'd only one um, eleven posted after fifty-two minutes against Galway Sunday, I imagine always supporters would be reasonably, reasonably happy with that.
3: I think the big prediction I took from Owen anyway was by Supermac shares quick. <laughs> For Sunday anyway <laughs> well many
1: thanks for joining us and you can read Owen Cormacan in the Irish Examiner all week ahead of the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final on Sunday Crow Park and now we move on to discuss the final with Dahi Regan and P.M. O'Sullivan Dahi of course an All-Ireland winner but awfully in the past and an incredibly shrewd judge of the game as well as P.M. of course and a columnist with ourselves here in the Irish Examiner Dahi what have you made of Galway's physicality this year? and the McAvoy referred to them earlier in the season in the Examiner Sport as Monsters Inc will that give them an advantage over Waterford and if so how much of an advantage or any advantage at all it's
4: one of the, one of the aspects of the game that I actually don't think any team has much advantage over the other to be honest with you I mean a lot has been made about Galway lately that how big and strong they are on the basis that I suppose Galway were so associated with over the years with more silky kind of skillful players uh, without having a big physicality to the spine in a team. But notwithstanding that water, but also a big, lot of big, strong men and a lot of leaders. I mean, physicality is fine to a, to a point. I mean, they always say a good, big, skillful one is better than a small, good, skillful one. But at the end of the day, I don't think there's a lot, to be honest with you, Galway have over water for them if you take O.H. McInerney, for, for instance. He won a lot of ball uh, in the semi-finals, caught a lot of ball. But what he is, is that he, he, he tends to, like Peter Barry did many years ago, in Timmy, he's not a guy in tennis that tends to come with huge, huge clearances. He tends to catch the ball, take a couple of steps, and just can't pass it off. So his ability is in catching. So you, you, you know, if you're a Waterford management team, you say, and the way it will set up, they're not going to be hitting balls down on top of them. So a lot a lot of people are talking about Garouge McInerney's physicality. I actually don't think it will be, be brought there as much the weekend. Now, they are a big strong team, Galway. I
5: suppose more up front is where it interests me with Galway's side. When you look at like the Gronies, you look at
4: Nile Burke, who's a really big guy, Joe, you, you know, Joe Canney, etc. They're big strong guys and I, and I think, and playing of course, whether he starts or not, I think that's the key here for Galway, is that Waterford are going to play, obviously, with, with, with an extra defender, like at. And uh, when you're putting far, you know, your forwards up, and you've, you've got the kind of added of an extra defender there, but the likes of Conor Cooney and these guys have shown to me a great ability to win the ball and make it stick, and not get shoved off it. Now, that, that's an accusation that could have been thrown against Galway, previously that they were a little bit flimsy up front and they may have gen affected a little bit at any sign of physicality mm. so I think from that perspective
5: with Galway I don't think it make a whole
4: difference defensively for them but I do see up front that Galway have an edge to them and an ability to get down and dirty and make a ball stick with them so
1: if anywhere that's where I see it as a benefit to Galway that's an interesting point actually it's a, I think that's a, an interesting slant on it PM, just in terms of Galway's half back line, I have to say, I don't know now Garo McInerney was named man of the match in the semi final, but I think Porrig Manion and Aidan Hart have been particularly impressive as well, in a more subtle manner, but very steady, just getting the job done. Yeah, that's, that's very, very true. And,
2: and the other
6: point is that um, Galway's actor, Perlin Beckford, in Munich, and maybe before, same as the uh, Picking up on what, what Dahi has said, whether the Galway Forward or her investors in units, with a sort of a streak of individualism um, you know, in Galway, even when they were very near with the all arts, as I know, 12 or 15 in particular, with a sort of which is the, of, uh, the over the line. But the thing I, I say as well, just developing Dahi's point about physicality, which is, I think is good because physicality in and of itself is, is no, no use to, unless uh, it's well used. And um, Galloway are our uh, favourites with bookmakers and with good reason. And uh, I would say that they see clash, and this is a clash in physicality as well, the key clash is probably two best Smith speakers. um, Kevin Moore and Jamie Barnes, uh, and uh, David Burke, and Johnny, Johnny Cohen for Galloway. Uh, but they did okay against the Fox and Cohn weren't at that set. Now you give them great credit for keeping going and Bugari getting on the line, but they haven't been at their imperial set like they have been in the past. Whereas if you go back to the game in Munster uh, last May, uh sorry ju- uh, June, uh, Kevin Moore and Billy Barn weren't as good, particularly Kevin Moore, but the graph of their fall now has been really coming up and up and up. And if Warner wins, I think, on Sunday, it will be because It'll be because of large part Barnes and Morn's you know, reign in the middle of the field. I, I'm not saying they will. Burke um, and Kona are very formidable. But I think that's the really key factor, And it's a difficulty as well. I mean, Barnes and Morn are just so good at women's jersey ball, and they're so good at using it very skillfully and throwing it. So, you know, I think that's the least where the clash of physicality and skill will be at the smoke raw there in the middle of the field. Uh,
1: Stephen, just to talk for a second about Michal Donahue's influence comes across as a very understated kind of a character but at the same time he's getting a fine tune out of these players I mean they're going into this game on Sunday knowing that if they win they've literally won every trophy available to them in in the one calendar year and that even in itself is a remarkable achievement or would be a remarkable achievement if it came to pass
3: Yeah, it's a phenomenal uh, year so far for Galway I mean they've hardly put a foot wrong in since about April and I suppose you can talk a lot about the players individual talents and physicality and like they are phenomenal players but he's getting a lot of credit from opposition managers even for the game plan I know David Fitz gave him a lot of credit in that Leinster final for how he countered the sweeper and you see the half forwards you know Niall Burks Colin Mannions Joe Clooney they're going back into defence and helping out the likes of Aidan Hartz and Park Mannions you were talking about in delivering good ball into the forwards and I suppose they'll be picking their battles in there and trying to maybe look at even, if you look at the big ball, what Dublin did against own choosing, to try to engage out on the wings and try to pick off points from there maybe would be something that Galway will do and I'd imagine that Michal Donoghue will be a big part of that and he will have his plan to, I suppose, skirt around Watford Sweeper as well as engaging him physically in centre of the field The tradition of course in Gaelic games is
1: always oh, been a huge huge factor and if, it just, just, just for to look at the record and finals of Galway, I mean they've lost 19 out of 23 finals you know and I, I know obviously that Waterford don't exactly have the most affluent record themselves in, in this particular fixture but there is still an, an amount of pressure on Donoghue and Galway on Sundays especially because they're one to two favourites
5: well, there is. So, you know, like it's a really interesting point that you're making because they'll have a huge history on it if you look at Galway. For many, many years obviously Galway were in a situation up to 84, 85, etc. all the way through the decades where they played in an All-Ireland semi final. and uh, I suppose the argument that Galway would have had was it was very unfair them. and that they came into an All-Ireland semi-final cold but I can assure you that we and Offaly would have been glad if every single year we had an opportunity to play in an All-Ireland semi final because, you know what, at some stage you'll get it right. And the man says, you're hit lucky at some stage. Yeah. Galway to me have been, what do you call it luck or whether they just have good enough. And therein, for me, lies a problem with Galway in that they have they have flattered to deceive on a number of occasions. I think, you know, 12, at 2015, they got white line fever and they got a bit of clirkeny because on both occasions, Galway, Certainly, if you take the first half, looked good enough in the first half, but ultimately, if you don't come out the second half and perform, but then if you go back and you just take a couple of instances, one is the 1981 All-Ireland final. Galway went in at half-time against Offaly. Frank Murphy actually rested in, in, in the first hour All-Ireland, Offaly played in. Galway led by 13 points to 1-4, having absolutely owned the game. They came out in the second half and they scored two points. One of them was... from. Play one some of them free. Now that's a collapse in any man's term, and this has happened with Galway on numerous occasions. So you're right to raise the point because there's history here with Galway. If you look at 1990 against Cork, first half totally blitzed Cork, mm. second half absolutely just blown away by Cork. Now, if you're having a good day in an All Ireland final and you have an outstanding first half, you'll invariably go on and you'll invariably play well the second half. We've had scenarios whereby Galway guys have a brilliant first half, first Niall Bork has recent as uh, that 2012 one, and came out for the, the second half and the replay and wasn't wasn't mapped. So you'd ask yourself, is it a psychological thing? Is it an ability thing? Or what is it? My own firm belief is it's a, it's a psychological issue with Galway. Now, the one thing they have gone for this year is that it's not Kilkenny who are playing in the All-Ireland Final. A brilliant Kilkenny team in an All-Ireland Final. But I spoke to a mate of mine in Galway this morning before lunch, and I just said, what's the vibe down there? And he said, it's so understated. So I think they may have learned their lesson from that point of view, because there will be an element of what I would call hurling snobbery in Galway. And I don't mean that in any way to be derogatory. But I have heard so many times after All-Ireland Finals, Galway teams going and particularly supporters, how did we lose that? We were far better. You're far better if you win. But Galway seem more incredulous as to what they've lost and how they lost it as to why they lost it. So there is a pressure. And he has a responsibility to his players to be able to get across to them, you know, an absolute 100% focus and not to be sidetracked in any way that the vibe is excellent and part of that process will be how long he spends in discussing Waterford, how long he depends on the the, the time he spends in training, gearing them up because let's not forget, Galway have to train in a way that they haven't trained this year and that is with their own spare man. Galway will not have set up for that this year. They now have to train because they have no option. They're going to be left with a spare man at the back whether they like it or not. So all of a sudden, you say well there's a bit of an advantage to Waterford because they'll be playing a system that they have expertly you know have it off to a tee Galway now have to play with a spare man which would probably be eight and a half it looks likely but they've not played that way all year So that is an issue so Mia do key here is how does he have them go into this game totally believe in that it doesn't matter what they bring it matters what we bring and any sign of weakness as we've seen with Galway teams before you know it will run through the team and ultimately it'll get found out we don't know until Sunday whether, whether, whether they have that focus and whether they have that belief and something behind it back up that belief this time
1: PM just as an extension of that point actually you mentioned in Wednesday's examiner you were discussing the element of Galway's puck outs, given what they're going to face do you want to elaborate on that point I mean, I mean, there are
6: so many good hurlers on view on both sides. It's pity in the um that there's been so much talk over the summer uh, about systems and sweepers and, and tactics and cookouts. Uh, but I suppose we can't ignore that because it is a big issue. Um, look, my sense of this is um, hurling change in the light of changes in football. There was always, uh, sometimes, there was sometimes, you had, you know, a Swimper, or a certain season. or a Goblet that did in like 1986. Uh, Anthony David didn't experience in 2004. I'll come to the football issue in a second, Peter. Uh, but, you know, I think football changed. It became about possession. It became about, more about having men behind the ball rather than in front of the ball. Mm-hmm. It probably started to in cup. Uh, football, and it probably started to in the cup. Uh, ultra football. And what, what players started doing is playing in parts uh, running around in pods of trees, having a, two options behind you with the ball carrying in front and really trying to sort of break the game and trying to find ever more sophisticated ways to break uh, a game and getting to space beyond the mid um, if you, And, and, and that if you acquire enormous levels of fitness, and the ball literally doesn't do the work, you carry the ball, there does the work. At the old maximum, the ball does do the work. Now, all of this bottles, it's been evolving this year, it's evolved in this decade, and we can't know that and when you get somebody being successful with it, be maybe this was there in two thousand thirteen or um, um McGrath Jerry McGraw at the last couple of seasons, you know, not something you can wish away and be efficient about. As regards the put out basic compress and there's a very simple initial thing, do you have thirteen guys Seven defenders on six, and you have 11 guys at uh, six defenders on five. You elect to have a sweeper at Waterford Hill at seven defenders, you have 13. But where you have 13 players in one space, you obviously have less space. And where you have 11 players in one space, six on five, you obviously have more space. So maybe Fitzgerald or Donald Julek or Derrick McGrath would say, as a matter of principle, look, you've got an immediate advantage there because you have reduced the opposition's attacking space and having 30 minutes at the They're giving up to him more space to him, more space to And that has an effect as well to on the puck actually. Because it's more difficult to hit your own target, get the ball from a goal to a, to a forward, if you're talking about 30 minutes at left. So that's just a funny situation. And I, I, I just noticed this year that, you know, although it was obscure because Penny lost again, actually, the Kenny got a lot of joy on their own puck out, in the first half in particular down in Wexford, uh, by pushing up Seventh-man on their own puck-out and not the Wexford team captain Sean Murphy. And I, I, I take Dolly's point that there is a challenge here for Galway. For they're coming up against a, a type of hurling, a, a type of hurling structure they haven't hurled in so far this year. Part of that will be the puck-out. Part of that will be actually, you know, not allowing uh, water back to simply get the ball but through to type smoke or Dara 5 or to And then there's another counter attacking motion. So I think, you know, Donnie, you had to, you know, make uh, a decision on that. Uh, you know, he'd be, he'd be going to fall into the trap that probably cost them into a in, in the semi final where they just couldn't get any traction on their own hookouts. But, you know, I'm sure he had the that.
1: Alright, so briefly, Dolly, give us a, a potential man in the match and, a, and an actual verdict for the game.
5: I think a potential man of the match for Galway is, uh, I would have to say, would be Conor kind of Um Outcome come the game, uh, I, I was very much Galway all along, I have to say. Um, I, did, I, did, I did pick Cork for the semi-final, but I have to say the closer it came to it, I worried greatly for Cork the previous couple of days to the game um, and i put it like this to you, Cyr- Cyril Farrell immediately after Waterford said, what all we need to do is concentrate totally now on what they're doing and forget about what Waterford did and on the day I thought that was nonsensical. You absolutely must look at Waterford. Well you do to a point but actually in hindsight I take Cyril's point that the more I've thought about it Galway must concentrate on what what they're good at. It's been good enough this year to play the best brand in Ireland and to beat, aside from them, the other best team in Ireland, which for me has been Tipperary. So I would say, yeah, push up on Wexford, sweeper. Don't allow Waterford possession, easy possession from puckouts. Don't allow them play on Waterford's terms. Play it on yours and put the puckouts. Go man for man push on them make them do what they don't want to do at the end of the day what waterford have done has been successful to get them to an all-ireland final an all-ireland final only and it's the first time for all of our two or three of these guys the bulk of the water or the galway squad the way they've been doing it has been good enough to get them and nearly get them over the line in uh, in a couple of the last five years i just believe with no Kilkenny there i don't think there's anything going to stop galway to be honest
1: and p.m
6: uh, it's very difficult. I mean, what, if Galway should win. Uh, I think uh, there was no excuse. They probably need to win more, uh, even more, so the water. That's something strange to say, but I, I do think if Galway don't win on Sunday, psychologically it, it's very difficult. I think, next year. Um, I think their ability, just in the primary possession, they, you know, we can turn it around. Waterford are something different to what Galway have experienced so far this year. But equally, the Galway forwards are, are, I think, very likely something different to what uh, Waterford has, have experienced. Clearly, when it counted, the uh, Galway backs uh, seemed out to the rarely the, the, uh, fall as good as they are in certain regards when it counts in the semi It's hard to pick a winner, but um, as it gets closer, I, I have a certain sense for Waterford, but, I think Galway have done enough to uh, to, um, to win this and to get, the, to get a you know a, a, a vote from the ball as they have from from Dali. A man of the match. I think if Galway are going to beat Waterford, they will have to at least break even or get better in the middle field. But I think the man of the match if Galway will win would be either Johnny Cone or this one.
1: No, that that's quite ironic because. Dahi went for the same man that Stephen goes for and I and you went for the same man that I went for so so hopefully one of us could be right there lads th- thanks a million for your time
5: no problem at all Peter and
1: a, ple- a pleasure as always and enjoy Sunday
5: great stuff same as that see you bye take
1: care Bye-bye. so we're joined now by All-Ireland winner Shawnee McGraw, McGrath with Cork and of course top class hurling writer Enda McAvoy to discuss primarily in this segment of the programme Waterford so lads it's great to have you on the podcast thanks for joining us today
2: no
0: yeah, sir.
1: So we're here and myself and Stephen are here and we're discussing Waterford and we're going to start by looking at the influence of Jamie Barron and Kevin Warren who between them have just been immense this year. Shawnee, they were brilliant in the semi final. Tipperary got the measure of, particularly with Brendan Mara, got the measure of Waterford in their respective semi final. What do Galway need to do looking at it? Like, you know, Jamie Barron, Kevin Warren, their influence for Waterford has been immense this year.
7: Yeah, um, they've been superb and I mean, um it's not just I suppose in the championship fair that they've been good. And um, you go back to Northern Park there against Kilkenny way back in, in February. And um, you know, Jimmy Barron was was superb that day as well. So his farm has been electric right throughout the season league and championship and like he's just I mean he's not a big man, he's only eleven on stone, he's been five foot nine, but like and, in, and I suppose today the centre for the hurling player almost seems to be six foot and, and twelve or thirteen stone So he bucks a trend a bit there, but hurling wise, play there in the extra time against Kenny in in, in turnus, you know, changed the game. The last day, was against Cork, he was outstanding, and he just totally buys
2: into that Waterford system, which mm. which needs mobility. It needs players to have to get around
7: the field. Like his scoring return is as good as any top class forward. And he's got the book, something like three eight. All from play in 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 the championship today. and and I said, Ah, Kevin Morton has won twelve. So like the stats are so frightening. And um, no, it's it's a queer one because I think from from a midfield perspective, Galway are strong as well in in Kuhl and David Park. But just from Waterford's point of view, like, your man has just been Jimmy Barron has been just a revelation. If he could, mm. because anything that's decent in the other four, in, in the other the game, if he played anyway decent there. He he's the banker for for player of the year or so. Um, and for a young player like a following up from last year, an last
1: year. But see, I mean, he's a real fan favourite. So Waterford or Galway would definitely have to work out to, to try another final. And uh, when Barron, you know, he he was probably the kind of game breaker against Kilkenny wasn't he? And just in the sense the way he came to life in extra time and drove Waterford on.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean. Uh, you remember never tell me the Barn a reverse move. Uh, Austin Greenham put the ball almost through the idle needle uh, for Barron for the goal batter. As you say, it broke from the game. I think mean, Barron was very, very far forward uh, at that moment. Again, something very nice reverse. Um, looking forward to this year, a couple of things have struck me. One is... Um, playing a 20-man game in a way they haven't been playing in previous championships, and number two, Jimmy Barron as an attacking midfielder. I think, I rather suspect those were two things they sat down at the end of last year and said, right, how can we work on for next year? better with our substitutes and um, making more use of Jimmy Barrett going forward. As Sean says, he is very close to being a the years. Uh, a man from Four Mile Water two or three years ago says to me, watch this guy, he has some energy, real box to box guy. And as Shawnee says, he's going forward and putting the scores on the board. And one as regards Kevin Bourne, okay, Kevin Bourne isn't strictly a midfielder. Uh, he kind of plays anywhere. He certainly plays wing forward uh, both wings because if you remember, the early points against Court came from the right. The goal against Wexford in the quarter-final, he popped up on the left wing for that. And of course, having the Spare Man in defense uh, allows Jenny Barn uh, and even more so Kevin Bourne to get forward.
1: Stephen, just, just additional to that on Kevin Moore I think that he looks like a man that's playing, appreciating the fact that he probably only has two or three seasons left at the top level given that it's such a young man's game now mm. he was absolutely extraordinary against Cork I think. and certainly he,
3: he seems to have a, an unbelievable position in a sense would you agree with that Terry? Yeah for sure and in that first half I suppose against Cork you could see that I suppose it was like Kevin Moore and Brick Walsh that kept them in the game in a really low scoring first half it's interesting to see when, that they rely on guys like that, I suppose, on Kevin Moore to take the burden of the attack from midfield in the first half, and he scored, I'd say, four points in the first 45 minutes of that game, mm-hmm. and then when, I suppose, they switched that game plan to more of a running game and bring on the subs, that they introduce Jamie Barron more to an attacking role, and he scored late goals against Cork and against Kilkenny to essentially seal those games. And it's interesting to see how they swapped those roles so effectively for Watford. Shawnee, just in terms of the league game when the sides met in the
1: quarter-final, that same day, Cork were playing Limerick in Parkier Inn and Cork were playing Down and I was listening to the uh, updates coming through from RT. It just seemed to me like Waterford were absolutely running away with the game. I think 44 minutes into the game, Oren Cormican had a, a point in his piece with David Burke and the examiner yesterday that it was two seventeen to one ten. Um, You know, just trying to elaborate on that and what exactly went wrong for them that day.
7: Yeah, um, I suppose, like, from Waterford's perspective, um, Peter, like, Derek McGrath seems to be continually tinkering with the system. And, like, this is his fourth season in charge. And I think it's kind of only, like, while it's gotten praise and criticism on both fronts, I suppose you get praise when you win, but most of the stuff from a style perspective seems to be critical. Like, Derek has been tinkering with it all the time. And that day against them. Galway in the league, he didn't start Noel Connors, he didn't start Paddy Manny, he didn't start the Brick and Jamie Barron, We don't think he even came on of the so I did not even think was listed. Like they are four key players that contribute immensely now to their game plan, so I think that day it was a case of, you know, continue to tinker with it. Like if you look at, at, at the whole season so far, like it's, it's, they played a similar number of games, Galway have played 12, and including league and in Championship and, and Waterford have played 11. Waterford have lost more, Waterford have lost four, and you'd say, for us, you know, you go back to the Cody era, he built it on a winning mentality and just pitching and winning every competition. But I suppose Derek's is different in that he needs to get players to buy into the system and to continually tinker with the system because other teams are going to try and counteract it. So, like, I don't think Derek lost any sleep um, with that defeat. I think he, he probably looked at it as another met- method of giving players a game. I was missed some key players, he made some key substitutions at a time he probably didn't need to make them. And he just continually playing with the system, and when Murphy came in there as a selector, he made a reference a few times. in he said during the week that, that like players have gone into it, and they came turned into it when they trust it. And Derek had been tinkering with it for a while now, and I just think it just came to fruition in the best way possible. Say against Cork. just it was just it was awesome. You know, like the, 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 you mentioned Kevin Moran earlier, they're playing almost like a soccer team at times. They don't waste any ball. Instead of just even just putting the ball into space, they even seem to delay it, and they hold it up like a soccer team in kind of and the ball and wait for it to getting the best base. So I just think that that day against God it was a case of, you know, I'm going to play away with my system, I'm going to get it right, and if it means I'm going to defeat and lose a game, so what? And that's what happened to Ralear, they said he's won seven and lost four, but he's still got himself to an RL final, and he's got, he's got, he's got, he got, got himself to an RL final now, where it's going to be very, very hard to curtail that just brilliant system he has.
1: That leads us on nicely to our next point and uh, just, just discussing about Ty de Borca. If Galway were to push up and manmark mark Ty de Borca, would that take an awful lot chunk out of what Waterford are about? Very uh, uh, interesting question. question. Um, I, think, I think it's a to answer because uh, his
0: man that, for the first 20 minutes on Sunday, people uh, are outside and kind of watching at the air station, not to not anything dramatic. And I would think that Galway wouldn't push up on time to work unless it was absolutely necessary. Remember, Galway don't have to do anything hugely different next Sunday. They're not the outsiders. They're not the team that was say sort of needs to uh, bring off some interesting or amazing tactical tactic coup cool in order to win. Goalie just has got, you know, if it takes a steady issue, goals were going, just keep doing what they've been doing, don't try and reinvent the wheel, maybe put a little bit more an emphasis on scoring goals, but otherwise keep taking their points from distance.
1: Stephen, just, on yeah, the, I, just as an additional... I told you to
7: ask that one as well. I think it, it, the thing ended there was with with Godway this year, is that they can't afford, from my perspective, I think they can't afford to start taking fellas from their attack. Um, They've only gotten two championship goals so far this year, versus 10 for Waterford, so they need to keep as many fellas up front. Um, Canning is playing superb stuff, but isn't scoring heavily from play. A lot of the scores are coming from Cooney and Conor Whelan, but Whelan hasn't got any goals yet, so I don't think that they'll try and get anything in the forward attack. I I think a championship goal would be needed to win in Ireland.
1: In, in saying that, and I agree with what you're saying there, lads, to be honest, and certainly I think the goals stats are very interesting in the sense that if you were to say to a guy at the start of the year who will get more goals by September, Galway or Waterford, you would have said Galway, certainly. But the thing is, Stephen, at the same time, even though the lads are correcting what you're saying about the goals element there and Galway needing to push up, can they use to their advantage the fact that Waterford sits so deep and they have so many sh- long range shooters in their Arsenal?
3: Yeah, I think that would be crucial on Sunday, and I think as well, I suppose as well as the long-range shooters like Sir Canning and Cooney's out of the field, I mean, they're brilliant distributors of of the ball. You see the, I suppose, the wing forwards dropping back, Nile Burke, Joseph Cooney, and when they're spreading ball into the corners for the forwards, that's very difficult to defend, even with a sweeper, when you're avoiding, I suppose, that central area. And even in the wing backs, Aidan Hart, um, Parag Mannion, they're brilliant at distributing that ball. And I suppose as well, they would be wary in terms of pushing up. They'd have to be very wary of what Waterford did against Cork when it was 5v5 there. And Waterford, I suppose, unleashing that pace that they have to finish off Cork. So I think Galway would be confident in their own, I suppose, strength and skill and talent and even their own movement around the field to be able to, I suppose, get a significant score on Sunday. Shawnee, arguably the most
1: intriguing element of it, and certainly the marketing team in the GA would be plugging this all week, is the whole Austin and Joe Canning, um, potential jewel. did he think the pass? Um,
7: You know what, look, both of them are extremely talented. Obviously Joe Canning has had a longer career to date in, um, in his short career so far. Austin Gleason and shown he's a phenomenal talent. If Canning had a good final, obviously if they win it'd be great for him, but even if he plays a good game like it. For me, Canning would go, you know, go down as one of you know, certainly in this year, but in any year could go down one of the great players. Mm. But finals can be funny, uh, Peter, and in those games I've played in and, and those other finals that we've seen, you look at some of the Kilkenny finals like Aiden Fogarty, Taggy Fogarty, and um, you know, I um, remember Martin Comerford, you know, he was coming on the scene, young know, at the time, you know, having a big, big final. At a time when you were expecting maybe Sheffield or, or Eddie Brennan to be the match winner, Timmy McCaffrey another year for Cork was a match winner. And you can find that in finals that it's, it, it isn't always the marquee player that's having a great season that goes the way and Like, I could see someone, kind of a Shane Bennett, who's an extremely talented player. Um, well, for me, it's not a Kane Wilkinson. I could see him having a huge final. I don't think it will be a show between Leeson and Canning. I expect both of them to have... Um, big big performances and, and play play a big parts in the you know, victory for either side But I could see one of the lesser players maybe stepping up and for me it could be someone like a kind of a shame in or even as, as India said earlier, it could be a Colin Dunford or Brian or sprung from the bench it would be a two or three dead points. But sometimes the big players in the final it's sometimes the lesser right like, that steps up and makes a difference.
1: Absolutely, I would agree with that. And when we talk about our man the match in a minute you're going to, I'm gonna spring one from left field for you. But and just on the Cla Austin Gleason, Joe Canning element of it all. In we say forty years time or thirty years time, when we look back and all this or whatever, which of the two players do you think would have had the greater impact over the course of their careers? Um, I
0: think only <laughs> I, I am of course a your question. Uh, it's like actually, just to watch all there. I think just adding to Charlie said I'm actually surprised that John Cannon is not in the match next Sunday simply because that isn't the kind of role he's been occupying for goal. He's been playing as a very deep uh, forward uh, on t- on top of the midfield. Just another pair of hands to the pump. club t- doing his a bit, uh, you know, having a solid season and then of course he exploded the last 15 minutes uh, against February you can, I think, you can see, I think we can all visualize uh, Austin Grayson, uh, doing something spectacular uh, and hopefully doing stuff for all the right reasons, like something. Uh, I think it's really clear that Austin Grayson will, uh, have a big game than Joe Cagney will have a big game for the reason I did a minute ago, in 30 or 40 years time. Look, uh, if Austin Grayson is still running like this, Percy, uh, he will be one of the all time greats, no question about that. Uh, I think Joe carry obviously has been unfortunate in that uh, he was trying to go for so long. Fortunately for him and for them this year, he's not carrying
1: Okay, well, Stephen, we'll we'll start with you in terms of um, who you think will be man in a match, and then who will win. Obviously, I suppose it depends like uh, who will win first of all, and then pick your man in a match because that will more or less determine they'll go hand
3: in hand. Mm. Well, I'd expect Galway to win. Really, I think they've been they've been the standout team all year. They've dealt well with every hurdle that's been put in front of them, and I suppose came through maybe a bit of rustiness in the semi final against Tipperary and beat them to the line. And I'd I'd agree with the guys. I'd be looking. I suppose elsewhere on the field maybe for a player as a man of the match and I think maybe Conor Cooney in the forwards if they put him in on full forward and look to strike a few goals against Waterford on Sunday and even looking back at the Leinster final he was outstanding when Wexford were trying to implement a similar sweeper system against Galway so I think he could be a guy who could be a game breaker for them. Shawnee?
7: I suppose I mentioned it earlier, someone like um, um, a Shane Bennett or, you know, I might even just put maybe for Paddy Mane, um, he's a big player, he um, could talk up an awful score, he's got 29, 40 points, that could have been so far this year, 10 or 11 from play, so he's averaging 2 or 3 from play, he's averaging then, you know, 7 or 8 on top of that from free, and, um, and I just think, I, I often look at Paddy Mane in the season, i see him a bit leggy, uh, and you know, just the legs are a bit heavy and that, but I just know from the last couple of the games, there's a good spring in his step. Maybe he's a brilliant long red shooter, and um, his frees are good. So I could see the likes of Party picking it up maybe nine or ten points, as I said, six or seven frees. So maybe even though I mentioned Shane Bennett earlier and I expect a big performance. that some, someone like Potty Manny for me could, could step up.
1: So and in summation you think Waterford will win?
7: Yeah, no, I said mean, only I a hundred percent see where Steven is coming from. You know, Gandhi have blitzed most teams that, they played this year, apart from tip. They've, they've won most games, I'm supposed to be people actually by nine points, absolutely annoyed off Lee and you know, be dubbed them by, by something like 12 or 13 points. The teams are so even. You look at the scores against them, the scores for. far. Galway have scored averaging 30, average 30 points per game against 116. It's got some stats in front of me. Waterford 224 against 119. They're so even. It's only against maybe that, that Galway are slightly hit by three points. So they're so even. He passes the gas. when you break down the numbers. But I just think that... From the system point of view and what Derek has done, I look, I'm not a huge fan of it. I know when I take it's given I am bad about him. It, he's a great guy, I'm not a major fan. But I was actually looking at the court game at some stage of saying, he has this perfected way. He had better zoned into holding up the ball and making sure he didn't pass him to the guy was in the best position. I just think tactically he's kind of a genius that we could just see them getting over the line.
1: That's very interesting indeed. And Enda? Yeah, look, goal, which is me, uh, I think I fancy golf racing since the end of May. I've
0: seen nothing to make really me change my mind. Um, goal, I think I if they hit something like 123, that would be enough to win for them. Obvious man in the match at goal I win, uh, seeing the same corner goalie uh, looks the obvious high score, but I suspect perhaps David work controlling the field uh, by being decently very much is altering and I, by the way I do, there's every chance it could go to a replay, now I know we kind of say that every <laughs> year in the last, come here and there's been three of them, uh, but you know, first day kind out, of, they're not that familiar with each other, and um, you know, the only five minutes left is there is only a bunch of two minutes, could easily see it going to the wire, but anyway, if Waters win, and um, won't be high like scoring, I don't think, in that case, someone like Shane fines.
1: Something different like that. If they were to win, I think it will be uh, So maybe should be And For what it's worth, I'm going to go with Galway myself, and I think they will. I think I it's actually, funny enough, I, the margin you mentioned there, the total margin that you mentioned there, and the uh, one twenty three. I think they get around, but that, and I just think that Can't see Waterford scoring more than twenty, twenty, twenty one points. I know I could take a point. There is Johnny that. They certainly are in a very good place and but I just can't get away from the fact that I think Cork would have gotten over the line against them if Damien Carlans stayed in the field and I just have that in my head. I could be wrong, but that's just another personal opinion. And for me and I mentioned David Burke, but I actually think Johnny Cohen could have a huge influence in the match. And I think he could be the potential game breaker because he got two points the last day in the semi final, having played as a kind of a deep lying role it's interesting that David said himself and, and Cohen have had conversations about where they're where they're going to try and stop more than, and 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 Barron in midfield so like for me he's the kind of guy kind of an unsung hero type that could get the job done for Galway but my many many thanks to Sean McGrath and to Endem for joining us on the podcast today lads enjoy Sunday May the best team win